I get to Vach. So it's um, a part three of, of a series on Tishabov that is really more of a of a introduction to a perspective on understanding pain and suffering and the Jewish response to pain and suffering. And just to catch us up to date, we we already talked about the the potential for each and every one of us to be victims to the things that are that are victimizing and oppressing us in life both on a grand scale and on a personal scale that hashem made a situation in life that it's possible for all of us to be perpetrated on it's possible for all of us to experience the darkness of night for all of us to experience negativity and the question for all of us in a very real way is what is our response to pain what is our response to the negativities that go on in our lives and the truth of the matter is just a second sorry the truth of the matter is that it's it's a it's a challenge because when we talk about pain and we talk about suffering and we talk about the human experience, what we have to first and foremost be diligently aware of is that we're not talking about anything that's intellectual. We're not talking about something that you can take from the outside in and simply just shift and change. When we talk about pain, we talk about the reality that each and every one of us have in our own personal lives of negativity, of challenge. And since, as we said more last week, that there's a concept of that there's a collective genetic hand-me-down that each one of us carries, not just in humanity, but specifically as Jews, that we all carry the negative experiences, the pains of everything that historically we've been through. That the Chorim Beis Hamikdash is alive inside of me, and the Crusades, and the Xeris Tachvatat, and all the people that died during the Black Plague, and everything we can look through in Kinnis, and everything that up to and including and through the Holocaust and beyond, and this year with coronavirus. It's not just that since I am a part of the people called Israel, that I feel badly about things that have happened to other people in Israel. It's not just that we as Klal Yisrael are one people, but that the, the fluidity between our souls is such that we all carry within us the, the, the trauma, the sheer trauma of whatever happens to all of us as people. So we talked about victimhood. We talked about the idea of what Judaism looks like in the midst of victim victimhood. We talked about the, the post-Holocaust response of the G'daylem to make sure to, that, that people will, will remain connected to Hashem, that people will remain connected to, to Torah mitzvahs, that there was almost like an eslasos that the G'daylem needed to do in order to, to retain the grandeur and majesty of what Klal Yisrael had before the war, and the need in our generation to continue that 
by moving from being victims to look in a real way about what it means to be a survivor. And not just to survive the Holocaust, but to recognize that our response to negativity, our response to challenge and pain is about healing. And that the entire Avoid of Tishabov is not just to sit on the floor and recall history. It's not just to sit on the floor and recall the negative things that have gone on in our history, or to, or to ourselves for that matter, but to recognize that the expression of Echa and the expression of Kinnus is really about catharsis. It's about easing some of the toxicity that pain carries with us. To be able to um, talk it out, not just for ourselves, but for the collective. That by me mourning and grieving what has happened in Chorban Beis Amikdash, somehow I alleviate the Chorban Beis Amikdash from not just me, but from the souls of all of Klal Yisrael. And that time, the dimensions of time move in all different directions. And that somehow by sitting and grieving today on the floor, I'm somehow capable of relieving the toxic um, shame and the toxicity that all kinds of suffering bring into the world. And that Tisha B'av is a day of healing. Tisha B'av is not simply a day of remembering the bad things that have happened. Tisha B'av is, is a day of healing. And that's how we move from being victims to being survivors. Because it's very possible, and each, each one of us has the capacity in our own personal lives to be victims under the weight of the things that pain us and challenge us to be victims to it. And to go from victim to survivalhood means to realize that the pains that we have in our lives are not dead ends. The pains that we have in our lives are simply arrows pointing us in a different direction or their doorways into new possibilities. And that to sit on Tishabab on the floor is to sit in the space of healing. It's about healing. Like Rabbi Nachman says, that when a person expresses the, the, the things that they've done in life, the negative things that they've done in life, Rabbi Nachman says, when a person expresses his misvada that, he expresses that out or she expresses that out, specifically to a tzaddik, Rabbi Nachman says, then what we've done is we, we've expunged a certain degree of toxicity from ourselves. It doesn't mean we changed. It doesn't mean we changed. But a part of tshuva is the, the cathartic experience of removing the toxicity of the negative things that have gone on in our lives. And yes, it's similar to the Christian notion of confessions, but to confess not simply for the sake of seeking some kind of divine, um, divinely inspired forgiveness, but for a real, real cathartic experience for us down here. And of course, that in and of itself is part of, is part of what Tachnon is. That Tachnon, that we, we are capable of saying, and Amir Tzashem, when we get to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and we talk about what Vidoy is, that Vidoy is the same thing. It's, it's, it's well, it's more than that also, but it's, it's in, definitely in a, in a certain way, the, the capacity to be able to express that which pains me. So where does this take us? Where is this meant to take us? Where is, you know, to use the, the model of therapy, where is Tishabov meant to take us? 
You know, we all, we all ask, we always want to know, like, what are we supposed to do with an experience? And I think for many of us, now that we've entered the Shfur Shachalba, the week that Tishbav is is falling out on, that many of us can tap in, at least the ones of us that are sensitive, can tap in and feel the heaviness that's in the ear. It's not just that we can't listen to music or eat meat, but there's a heaviness in the ear. And it's hard. It's hard to show up to Tishbav. It's hard to be a part of that. It's just naturally painful. One second, I'm sorry. L'chaim, l'chaim. So, Tishabov is meant really for Nachamu. The Nachama that comes after Tishabov is the, the Nachama of real post traumatic growth. Let, let me let me let me explain what I mean. I'm going to share a poem with you. I think I've shared this with you before, but there's nothing better than than a good poem. This is a translation, an English translation of a Spanish poet, Antonio Machado. Last night, as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that a spring was breaking out in my heart. That a spring was breaking out in my heart. I said, along which secret aqueduct, O water, are you coming to me? Water of a new life that I have never drunk? Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that I had a beehive here inside my heart and the golden bees were making white combs and sweet honey from my old failures. It's going to read that one more time. Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that I had a beehive here inside my heart and the golden bees were making white combs and sweet honey from my old failures. Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that a fiery sun was giving light inside my heart. It was fiery because I felt warmth as from a hearth and sun because it gave light and brought tears to my eyes. Last night as I slept, I dreamt marvelous error that it was God I had here inside my heart. <clears throat> the golden bees were making white combs and sweet honey for my old failures. Many of us were raised to believe that the notion of Mida Kenegan Mida, that, and if the truth is, if you read Nach, all of Nach is, is filled with, with this, and all of our tradition is filled with this, that we sin and Hashem slaps us. We sin, Hashem slaps us. And the Lama Freya, or the, the, the kind of reverse of that is, every time that some negative thing happens, Kal Yisrael automatically jumps to try to find something negative that we've done as a way of, of trying to believe that Hashem is punishing us. Hashem punishes us by bringing negative things in our lives. The tragedies that we have in our lives are punishment for the negative things that we've done. And there's, there's certainly an element to that. There's certainly an element to that. And we're not, we're not going to reject uh, 3,000 years of Jewish tradition by saying that it's all hogwash. But we are going to try to understand that on a more sophisticated level. And I think this is really 
the message of Tishabav. <clears throat> because there's something in common when I think about my disappointments as a human being, and when I think about the things that Hashem does negative to me, there's, there's, there's something about looking in the mirror and seeing the magnificence of who I am, the beauty, the majesty of what it means to be a human being, to see the full intense potential, the entire story of my life, of what I could be, and then to look at the disappointments, the small little uh, pithy stupidities, excuse me, the, stu the stupid things that I end up doing, the things that in retrospect, almost even while I'm doing it, I say to myself, why do I have to be doing, why do I have to say that, that, that nasty comment? Why do I have to uh, do that little thing that was so not worth it? That, that situation in life that I messed up because I couldn't bear to, either do something that was great or, do, or not do something that was terrible. All of the negative situations that I have in my life, I have two ways of looking at it. I can avoid or I can confront. And I think that the terror that we experience in confronting the negative things in our lives, the terror we experience when we, when we think of confronting the disappointments, and the ways we've messed up is very, very similar to the terror of God ruining the Beis HaMikdash. What do I mean by that? Do we as human beings have the capacity to confront the things we're afraid of? Do we as human beings have the capacity to confront death? Do we as human beings have the capacity to confront disappointment? Do we as human beings have the, the, the capacity to, to confront tragedy do we have human beings have do we as human beings have the capacity to confront all of the failures that we have in our lives if the answer is yes if the answer is yes then that means we have the capacity to enter tishabov if i could recognize that the buck never stops with the negative things that go on in my life if i could if i could recognize that Ending my life is never the answer because there's something beyond the pain and the negativity. If I can recognize that shame and feeling down about myself is never the answer because there's something beyond the sum total of all my failures. If I can recognize that life goes on after Chorban Beis HaMikdash and life goes on after a Holocaust, I could then look at the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. I could look then at all the failures in my life. I can look then at all the things that bring me down. I can confront all darkness, all night. I can confront them with, the, with eyes. <clears throat> it might be painful. It might be fearful. It might be difficult. It might be challenging. But I can confront. And my capacity to confront death and not be completely demolished by death, that I can look fearlessly into the mirror and see all the possibilities and all the potential, and also recognize how short I've fallen in, 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 in that way. When I can do that, I'm ready to enter Tishabov. Because what Tishabov says is that I, Yitzhi Horowitz, have the capacity to handle pain. And the capacity to handle pain, 
the capacity to be in a situation in my life where the negative things, I don't define my life based on the negative things, then I have the capacity to find inside myself that it's bedafka with my failures, that the, the bees are, are weaving honey. The bees are, we, the bees are weaving their, their beehives, and in, in that beehive, they're creating honey. Because the potential, the potential of what goes on inside our lives, the magnificence of what I see when I look into the mirror, that magnificence is more real than all the disappointments. And this is really probably one of the hardest lessons in life for us to, 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 to grasp at. That the godless of what I am, the beauty of what I am, is more beautiful than the sum total of anything that I've done wrong. The beauty of what I am is more beautiful than the sum total of anything that anybody can perpetrate against me. And the terror of looking at that disappointment, the terror of looking at that pain, the terror of dealing and confronting the things that have hurt me and harmed me, that have knocked me down, that have destroyed my life, that have destroyed our lives nationally, internationally, historically, the entire corpus of Judaism, those things that have destroyed my life, I can either choose to forget them, I could choose to avoid them, I could choose to say, I guess I have to somehow figure out how to live my life in spite of them, or, or I could choose to make honeycombs out of them. I could choose to find a way, not just to heal from them, but to turn all the negative things in my life into something more magnificent than anything. And the tefillah of Nachem that we say on Tisha B'av, we say, Ki ata Hashem because you, Hashem, with fire, you consumed the Beis HaMikdash, and with fire, you will eventually rebuild her. And we quote a Pasuk, we quote a Pasuk, the Pasuk in Zechariah, the Pasuk says, Vani I will be for her, Hashem says, Noam Hashem, the words of Hashem. A wall of fire around, and I will be glorious in her midst. With fire, you consumed her, and with fire, you will eventually rebuild her. And many of the Svarim explain that what it means is that Aish has two properties. Aish is the property of destruction, and Aish is the property of rebuilding. And the truth is, in Pneumius, it's not true. It's not true. It's with the fire of destruction that Hashem will build the Beis HaMikdash. It's not two properties that fire has. Fire has one property, and the property of fire is to be able to build through destruction. In other words, on the deepest level, on the deepest level, all the darkness that exists in our lives, all of the gullus that we've been through, all the negativity we've experienced in life, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. Of course it hurts. Of course it hurts. There are situations in life where there's irreparable damage, for sure. No, 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 I'm not challenging that at all. But my question is, what do I do with that irreparable damage? Do I live in spite of the irreparable, irreparable damage? Or do I figure out a way 
as that poem said, do I figure out a way to build honeycombs and create the sweetest things in the world out of my failures? If you want to know how is it possible to get to the world of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur with the, what's called Midas Hadin, how do I enter into the world of Midas Hadin? How do I start to think about making a cheshben hanefesh? How do I start to think about the things in my life and to take stock of coming in front of God and all of the scary stuff we hear about Rosh Hashanah and Kippur? How do I do that? The answer is to allow myself to not be afraid to confront the things that I'm afraid of. To not be afraid to confront the awesomeness of what it means to be a human being. Like we said in the first year in Beishamai, to say that of course, of course there are things that are disappointing about me. Of course there are things that are negative that I've done. Of course I've committed sins. Of course I've, I've hurt people. Of course I, will, I might continue to do those things. I'm not, I'm not a malach. I'm not going to change overnight. I'm going to die a broken man. Everybody here is going to die broken. Nobody here is, is going to be perfect. But the question is, what do I make of all my negative stuff? Do I make shame? Do I, do I oppress other people because I can't handle myself? Do I destroy things in my life because I can't manage to look at, at myself? I'm filled with terror, to be honest with myself. Or can I make honeycombs out of my failures? Can I look at all the affairs that I've done and embrace them? and embrace them. It's an, a radical thing. I don't mean to embrace them because you can do tshuva. I mean embrace them because they're part of who I am. And to recognize that when Hashem looks at me, Hashem sees the failures of who I am. Hashem sees the Chorban Beis HaMikdash and He says, my Jewish people can't, they can't bring Karbanas in the Beis HaMikdash. All Musaf that we say on Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh and Yom all of Musaf that we say, which is meant to be festive, is all about talking about Chorban Beis HaMikdash. Shehiratzon, that Hashem should bring us back to the Beis HaMikdash and we can actually bring uh, a Karbanas again. All of Chorban, Hashem says, is not the Bidiyeved. Your life is not Bidiyeved. Your life is not secondary to the reality. The reality is that there's a Beis HaMikdash. And if, the, and if the reality doesn't exist, if the greatness of the Beis HaMikdash doesn't exist, so, okay, you know, like hobble along, figure out how to make it work in the times of Chorban. Hashem says, no. Chorban Beis HaMikdash is L'Chadchila. Hashem says, I want the world to go through an experience of learning how to confront negativity. Hashem says, I want you as human beings to learn how to not be afraid of the terror of looking at terrifying situations. Hashem says, I want you to learn how to grieve. I want you to learn how to make the best, not just to heal from the negative stuff. I want you to learn how to turn all of your suffering and all of your negativity into the most magnificent building ever, ever built in the world. All of Gullus is not simply for the sake of atoning for sins. It's also not simply for the sake of preparing for Mashiach. All of Gullus is building on failure. All of all of the Chorban and all of Gullus is about building the building blocks of failure. What do I do with the darkness? How can I build with the fire of destruction? How do I build a Beis HaMikdash? It's tapping into the dark parts of life and saying, I'm not afraid to walk in the street at night. 
with all the things that we have going on and all the Mamari Chazal that we have that tell us we should talk and be afraid of those things. I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. I'm not here to, to create a new, a, new, a new religion. But what I'm saying is, is that the neuroses, the things that trap us, that keep us stuck, that make us afraid of Midas Adin, that make us afraid of destruction, that make us afraid of Tishabav. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to combat because Tishubav can be the most beautiful yantiv. It's not Tishubav is not just a yantiv or, or a day that we wait. One day we hope should be turned, like we say in the kinnis, that one day we hope it should turn. It should turn me'evel l'simcha, which of course we do. We want very much that the Beis Hamikdash should come to a place. We want that Tishubav should come to a place that we're able to celebrate in Chitzonius as being a yantiv. But in the panemius of Tishabav, the ability to sit on the floor and grieve means that one day a year Hashem says, I give you the ability to heal, and through healing I give you the ability to create the most magnificent life possible out of all the things that, that, that could destroy you, and all those things that have destroyed you. We talked about this around the, the round the Parshias of Nadarim, Matos. Nadarim are found in the Parshias before Tishabov. To make a neder is to make a vow, is to promise something. And I think I think we talked about this. To make a vow last week. We, we, we last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember. But but we, we talked about the possibility of a person making a vow that makes them responsible to, to, to do something. And that we, we brought down that from the Svarim that they say it's a bigger mitzvah to absolve yourself in a in a in a in a healthy way, in a in a Torah way, to absolve ourselves from our vows than it is to accomplish our vows. Because to make a vow to promise something is to create a new man-made reality. To create a new man-made reality that, that commits me to do something. Nidharma are like expectations that we have. Man-made realities where the ego says, I expect this to happen. Either I expect Hashem to do this for me or I expect people to do this for me or I expect myself to do this for me. The man-made expectations that our egos bring out, and how do you tell the difference between what's ego and what's self-esteem? Look at the degree to which you expect of yourself, not where you find opportunities, but those areas, if you find that you're expecting because you, you have certain self-esteem, you expect something of yourself, it's very possible. I'm not saying it's not, a, it's not a strict formula. It's very possible in those places where you have great expectations of yourself, and you're constantly in tension with those expectations, that's probably where the ego is. Because self-confidence and self-esteem comes from the soul, and the soul flows. The soul flows. The soul is very, the soul is very comfortable where, where and, and, and in whichever place it flows. Expectations are man-made realities. And that's what the Miraglim did. The Miraglim expected to see something in Eretz Yisrael. They sent their expectations out into the world, and they said, this is what we expect to see of Eretz Yisrael. That they turned to Eretz Yisrael, which is the land of the soul. 
They turned to Eretz Yisrael, which is a land that is zavas, that is flowing, right? Flowing, zavas chalavadavash. It's flowing. It's a land that flows with honey, like the, like that like that poem we just read. Eretz Yisrael is a land where it's possible to go into the Chorvan Beis Hamikdash and not just to rebuild in that place, but to rebuild with Chorban. That's the way the neshama sees the world. The soul sees the world from a place of things that flow, things that move. The Miraglim came in with the attitude of expectation. The Miraglim came in and they said, with this very man-made expectation, we expect to see Eretz Yisrael look like this. We, Miraglim, expect of us that we can be able to conquer the people there. And we see that when our great expectations of who we are, we can't conquer the people there. These man-made realities that essentially are, are the psychological defense mechanisms or the protective parts of ourselves that are afraid essentially to allow us to be vulnerable, that are afraid essentially to allow us to see ourselves and to confront ourselves, to let go and to essentially let godliness into our lives. Because bitachon, trust in God doesn't simply mean that I believe that there's a God, but it means that I allow myself to be vulnerable enough to allow God in. Because it's only the toxic fear and the toxic shame that we have of confronting evil that keeps us stuck in trying to be violent against the oppressors. It's only the toxic shame that keeps us stuck in demanding that the oppressors stop. And it's only the soul, it's only through healing, it's only through godliness that I have the capacity to grow and heal and, and allow the flow of the beauty of that land of Eretz Yisrael to rebuild. So my bracha really to all of us, Rav Cook says, Rav Cook says in Shemona Kvatsim, Rav Cook says, Ein margishim oilam. You cannot experience the beauty of the world my capacity to experience beauty in the world only comes or is completely based on the extent to which there's, there's beauty within my soul. The only way I can see beauty is, when I, is through the eyes of the beauty of my own soul. It's only when I tap into the beauty of my own soul that I have the capacity to see beauty around me. The more that I see beauty within, the more I'm able to see beauty without. Otherwise, if I'm cut off from that beauty of what I am and who I am, if I'm cut off from that flow that comes from the neshama, which is about healing, and not so much about change, but about healing, if, I can, if I'm able to tap into the reality of my self-esteem vulnerably and be comfortable confronting the things that hurt me and, confront, and comfortable confronting my disappointments and not be afraid of a tishabov, but instead be content knowing and accepting my life is filled with ups and downs. It's filled with disappointments, but that doesn't mean that I have to end it. It doesn't mean my life is over because there's anything negative. It's only my ego that says, I can't manage, I can't manage, I must be so terrible. 
the pain is great. The pain is big. We've walked around for thousands of years an oppressed, broken people. And like I said, we carry within our bones the, the, the genetic trauma, the DNA of all the traumas that any of us have, have experienced. We carry it all together. The capacity to be fearless in the, in the, in the terror of fear the ability to be vulnerable and open and to allow the beauty of our neshamas to tap in to the destruction of the Churban Beis HaMikdash is what it means to rebuild. It's what it means to go from being a survivor to a thriver. And in many, many ways, our people, the Jewish people, have figured out a way to thrive. Maybe not so much in Panemius, although if you, if, you, if, you, if you go into the Panemius of it, definitely in Panemius. I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and we, we concluded that we are very, very death aversive. Modern technology has really um, made it that uh, miscarriages and stillborns and babies dying in birth is, is much, much less than it ever was in the history of the world. And medicine has really kept the world much more populated than ever before. And to some degree, we're, we're weak because we, we don't manage well with death. We, we have a very hard time grieving things. And the two of us concluded that, the, that maybe that's a, that's a, a preparation for Triasamesim. The world is becoming more and more alive. In Pinimius, the world is becoming more and more alive. We're embracing life more. We're, we're more excited about life than we, we are destroyed by death. And that vision of, of looking and waiting for that time that Mashiach comes, our avoida is the capacity to be vulnerable, the capacity to not be afraid, not be afraid of the, our disappointments, and not be afraid of the things that have happened to us. There's no doubt that there are periods in our lives, there are people, there are people in our lives, and, and each and every, every one of us in our own ways have experienced situations that have been so painful that it can feel like either this is it, I'm, I will never get any better than this, and I have to just learn how to survive, or I have to learn how to be an oppressed victim. There are people who feel as if the amount of shame that they sit with actually defines them, and that's who they are, and that's who they will be for the rest of their life. The sum total of all the negative stuff that they've done, plus the ego that has beaten into them, the fact that they're nothing. And that in and of itself is what requires healing on Tisha B'av. That in and of itself is what Tisha B'av is coming to, to show us, that Jews have fearlessly looked at the negative things in our lives. We don't avoid them. We don't run from them. We don't need to, because we have the capacity to heal. And not just heal, we have the capacity to build, to build beehives and make sweet, sweet honey out of all of the things that have broken us, out of all the things that we are broken within us. <clears throat> so my bracha to all of us, I know this was not very practical, but as a perspective, my bracha to all of us is that Hashem gives us the, the heart, the heart to be broken enough to be big, <clears throat> the heart to be paradoxical enough to see that it's only in destruction that the third base of Mikdash is rebuilt, that the third base of Mikdash is rebuilt through Gullus. 
It's not the other way around. Golis is not a waiting period for Mashiach. Golis is part of the building blocks of Mashiach. That Hashem said, I need the world to know how to confront evil. I need the world to know how to heal from evil. I need the world, and this is what all of our jobs is, is Yisrael, I need the world to know what it means to be in pain, to suffer, to grow, to heal, and to become the biggest and the best that I can possibly be. Not in spite of, but because of the disappointments that I have. So for those of us that are therapists, and for those of us that have been in therapy, and for those of us that these things hit home in a personal way, <clears throat> my bracha is that we should never forget the tremendous capacity of, of what Hashem has given us in the opportunity to heal, that our souls are more resilient than our egos. Our egos destroy us, and our souls have the capacity for such unbelievable magnificence. And we should be zaychad to go this Tishabov, if not, if not Mashiach and this Tishabov, then at least for all of us, a taste of Mashiach in this Tishabov, that we can taste healing in our lives, we can taste growth in our lives, we can taste the magnificence of thriving with <clears throat> all of the negatives and all of the positives together. Amen.